Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. truckers are about to launch a cross-country convoy in support of freedom. I'm leading a four-man team to cover the week-long 2,500-mile event from California to D.C. We'll be filing multiple video reports every day. The American convoy was inspired by Canada's liberty-loving truckers protesting vaccine mandates. Tens of thousands of Canadian truckers protesting the infringement of their freedoms traversed the country and brought their message to their nation's capital. Thousands cheered them on at overpasses across the country. Now it's America's truckers who will drive their big rigs and their message to our nation's leaders. Here's the Facebook page for the People's Convoy, the group organizing the trucker protest will cover. Its mission statement reads, Americans love our freedoms and love the Constitution of the United States of America. This convoy aims to bring back our freedoms, our civil liberties, and bring an end to all unconstitutional mandates. This is about our rights as well as the freedom of future generations. It's not about political parties, but more so about a government that has forgotten its place and has no regard for our founding fathers' instructions, 
the Constitution. What do they want specifically? Their website states, We demand the declaration of national emergency concerning the COVID-19 pandemic be lifted immediately and our cherished Constitution reign supreme. Here's the People's Convoy schedule, Tuesday, February 22nd. Truckers gather at the Rally Point in Adelanto, California. Wednesday, February 23rd, the convoy begins with a drive of 302 miles, first to Las Vegas and then to Kingman, Arizona. Thursday, February 24th, the convoy drives 309 miles to Lupton, Arizona. Friday, February 25th, the People's Convoy drives 375 miles to the Glen Rio, Texas area. Details for Saturday and beyond are to be announced later for operational security reasons. We have a four-person team, two reporters and two cameramen, embedded with the convoy. I'll be riding in trucker cabs. So will my reporting colleague, Wendy Strzok-Mahoney, who I've collaborated with on other projects. The convoy is all about restoring freedom. We will bring you the truckers' faces, their voices, their stories. How have they been affected by government edicts closing down private enterprise and schools? What have the mask and vaccine mandates meant to them, their businesses, their families, their communities? California to D.C., 2,500 miles of stories, a story in every cab. We need your financial support to tell them. You can contribute at givesendgo.com forward slash let's roll America. Givesendgo.com forward slash let's roll America. Or you can contribute at paypal.com. You'll need my email address for that, spirovideo at aol.com. Thank you. We live in historic times, ladies and gentlemen. And now, ladies and gentlemen, live from Pittsburgh Studio Number 1, it's Cold War Radio. Here's your host, Hutch Bailey Jr. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for choosing Cold War Radio this evening from the Alpha Foxtrot studio, deeply behind enemy lines and completely surrounded in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Hutch Bailey Jr. The voicemail number to the show, if you're listening to the program via podcast, 412-567-1460. Please visit SteelCityResistance.com, where you can become a Cold War Radio patron. You can check out the research room there, the Video 3 page. You can get the podcast on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Spotify, just about anywhere that there are podcasts. Uh, if you find a place where you can't find it, let me know, and maybe we'll try to fix that. Uh, you can let me know at SCRTV at live.com or Cold War Radio, P.O. Box 10433-370, Castle Shannon Boulevard, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 15234. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We certainly do. Let me bring in my man from Western Allegheny County, Sal. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hey, Hutch and everyone out there. Got a little new studio set up here, but I actually tried to self-sabotage myself this morning. <laughs> Spilt a whole damn coffee all over the place. I was uh, like, that's ah. nothing. That's nothing. You got to spill red pop on it to get the, the lasting effects like my laptop. <laughs> I yes, mean, sir. my cat whacked that stutter. It still sticks. I mean, it's it's two, three months ago, and it's it's horrible, man. It's horrible. At least at least coffee comes out eventually. That stuff sticks, man. Wow. Uh, <laughs> ho- just, hopefully, you didn't it, do any damage. 
I did not do any damage, but damn it, I wanted to drink that cup of coffee. It was fresh. It was ready. To go. I, that pissed me off more than anything else. You know, I, I, I was like, you. "Come on, man!" Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just wanted that cup of coffee. That's all I wanted, and uh, I had there was like a little bit left over by the time I saved. There you go, man. Coffee is a, a an acquired taste, but one of the better better ones that you acquire in life. Uh, I feel sorry for the tea drinkers uh, in Europe. I do. Uh, anyway, um, we're we're in a in a really uh, surreal time for me. I mean, when you look at, you know, we we're actually on the brink of a potential world war, and I haven't heard. Anybody even contemplate? I mean, this is not Afghanistan, Vietnam, Korea, anything that we've done in our lifetimes. This has nothing in comparison uh, when you look at the scope of the potential uh, destruction that this has. Long-term destruction. Keeping in mind that most of the problems that we're dealing with today and have dealt with for the past 50 years were because of World War II. That was totally declared. And we've got such a fraudulent uniparty uh, in place right now that nobody has even mentioned the declaration of war. Russia has 146 million people in it. Ukraine has another 41 million. Let me check my figures. 43 million. Uh, and and I, have to, I have to correct myself because that's what I do when I err. Uh, And I don't remember whether it was on this show or whether it was on the Wayne Dupree show. I'll fix myself there tomorrow. Uh, I mentioned that Germany is leaning closer and closer to Russia, which they are. That's not the part I'm apologizing for or correcting. But I mentioned, being the old school boomer cold warrior that I am, that Germany had a border with Russia. And preparing for this evening's program, uh, I was consulting my maps And Germany does not, in fact, have a border with Russia. They did, however, have two borders with the former Soviet Union, one being the Polish border and the other being uh, the border with Czechoslovakia or the Czech border, which now it is truly the Czech border. Before, uh, it was the Czechoslovakian border that my younger brother served on with the 11th Armored Cavalry Regiment uh, back in the day. So there's that. It was a a mistake in terminology, Sal, if you will. Yeah, well, it just leads to the bigger question. Uh, what's next? Is this just the first chapter? Um, Is there going to be more? I, I would. I, I'm I'm very disappointed in the Republicans in government. Anybody? <clears throat> I, I mean, if this doesn't get full time, keeping in mind, by the way that our borders to the south and to the north are in disarray right now. Completely in disarray for different reasons. And yet we're going to go out and be, what do they call Marines? Uh, the, uh, I can't remember the name of it now. The forces that go out to other places and, uh, and fight. Uh, the Marine Expeditionary Forces. Um, Are we going to just go do that without declaring war, without Congress? Are we going to make this mistake again that Congress can go back on it after it's already done and your son's already dead like we've done the other times? Like when 5,000 Americans get killed in Iraq and Barack Obama hands it back with no conditions? 
Is that what we're going to do again? I mean, but this isn't going to end that way. This this can't end that way. This is not like fighting people in Iraq or Afghanistan. These people are advanced. They might not have any money, but they're as advanced as anyone else. And they don't quit. They're not going to surrender, ladies and gentlemen. Ask the Germans. It's something that is, it's unbelievable to me that we're, that we are where we are right now. And it's also unbelievable to me that people can't see the reason why this happened. Several reasons why it happened. But the number one reason is, can you imagine, Sal, you've been around long enough. Can you imagine listening to Democrats beating war drums with Russia? Their number one ally until, until China started paying everybody. Their number one ally. The Kennedys spent as much time with the KGB as they did with the CIA. Oh, well, it just goes to show where we are and, and, and with where that party is. Uh, you know, I know we focus a lot of time on the, the GOP that we don't like. That's not that I don't like it. I just want to win. No, no, I hear you, but... Uh, I think we need to also, uh, this is also bringing up the flaws. And, you know, we talk about the Uniparty, uh, the right being just as flawed as the left. And gosh, uh, I, I'd rather be on the right side than the wrong side, and the right side, small r and big r too. Uh, but man, uh, what are they thinking? What the hell are they thinking about all this? Uh, they aren't. I, I am clear. I am. What What's the strategy for us here? I have Why no we, idea. I mean, the only I, thing I, I can see this as is as a cover up. And you're seeing CBS is running total cover for this BS. And they're, they're trying to. And they, I mean, to me, it is criminal. It is absolutely feloniously criminal for an American broadcasting company, whether it has global money in it or not, for it to broadcast in this country. That Ukraine and Russia are causing the financial destruction that the Democrats and Republicans are causing is criminal. If one serviceman dies, I would pray that they would take vengeance with these people that are setting this up legally, of course. Because this is uh, this is beyond any... I, I can never... Sal, I went through training, Cold War training, to fight against this army and this army and there's no doubt in my mind that some of that training was propaganda based but a lot of it wasn't identifying weapon systems and things of that nature and looking at training modes and things like that we don't want to mess with this army not that we can't beat it that's not the that's not the question ever we can beat it but sal we're going to have to kill so many people to do it it's going to be tragic because they're not giving up they're not going to give up. We're going to have to go in there. If if it would come down to it, and these reckless bastards would drag us in there, this is a tank battle. This is a, a naval battle. This is an air battle and a missile battle and everything in between. And it's, it's unbelievable to me that our media and our Republican Party is as complacent as they are. Half the Republicans, hell, you've got a... a the guy that was in the in the United Nations, um, what's the little short dude's name with the big mustache? He's he's a run running around, jumping up and down like uh, 
He's so glad to be relevant again. You know, it starts with a B, man. Little guy. Uh, real hawk. Um, damn, I can't, see, I'm getting Alzheimer's now. Um, <laughs> I'll think of his name. But, you know, you, you listen to these people, and you've got other people uh, like Cotton and, and some others that are just, uh, shut up, man. What did, tell me, somebody tell me what Russia did to us. Somebody tell me how my national security is at stake because Russia is reclaiming something that used to be theirs. You know, all you have to do is look on a map to see why Russia wants Ukraine. It's the same reason that they snatched Crimea, because it's their only way to the ocean. You couple that with Biden's malfeasance with his crackhead son and the rest of his raggedy-ass family, you know, extorting Ukrainians, wouldn't it be a convenient time to whack a couple people over there so they can never come forward and talk? I'd be terrified if I was if I had any dealings with the Biden family in the last 20 years and I was in Ukraine, I wouldn't be in Ukraine right now. That's just me. Uh, so... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know. Well, it's, I, a, I, it's a way. It's a, it's a way to get rid of people. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go that way direction, sure. Uh, what's the best way to get rid of your your? Thank you, thank you, Regina John Bolton. Yeah. What's What's the best way to get rid of your uh, friends and enemies? Sure. Because they were friends. Now they potentially are enemies. The only thing that they could have done to make it a little bit more mob-esque was uh, Biden could have borrowed $10 million off of Ukraine before it started and then <laughs> then take care of it. That's how you do that. Uh, so anyway, to me, it's just another, you're right, we do need to study the Democrats in this sense. But again, to me, it's a letdown by the party that claims to be uh Allegiant to the to the Constitution, which says you must declare war, especially when you're going up against a nuclear armed 146 million people country war uh, to blatantly just sit there and be silent like they are is it's nauseating to me. And, and I, it's only just begun. I mean, uh, I'm listening to the guy, uh, this guy's name. I don't know if you guys remember him. His name's Frank Luntz. He's a pollster. He uh, works for the GOPE. He works for the Republican Party as a business. Uh, he's an anti-Trumper. He says that, yeah, the Republicans are going to do real well in the midterms, except maybe if Donald Trump messes it up. Where'd you get that from, Frank? 
from one of your little uh, polls where you had people turning dials. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, Frank Luntz is best friends with the uh, soon-to-be-anointed Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. So I hope I hope President Trump's paying attention to that uh, because you notice none of this shenanigans happened when he was president, but just saying. Uh, so Frank Luntz clearly comes out, uh, landlord, uh, to McCarthy and, and basically... Uh, saying, yeah, Republican. You know, you know what gets me, Sal, and, and maybe, maybe this is just me, but I don't see how these so-called intelligent individuals, how they don't see how the only reason why Republicans who were dying in 2015 got any steam at all behind themselves. There's only one reason, and it's not Frank Luntz, and it's not freaking Bill Kristol, and it's not any of these people. It's not Kevin McCarthy or Stephen Scalise. Uh, it's Donald Trump is the one who energized Americans like never before. Over 50% of voters now call themselves Republicans. That's never happened in the history of the United States, as far as I know. And you got an idiot up there who is telling politicians what to do this is a pollster and he's basically telling him man stay away from trump man stay away from him look what happened the guy in in virginia did it (laughs) oh boy okay all right all right frank you you keep thinking that man you you stay on that stay on that cruise with bill crystal get everybody to pay their five thousand dollars so they can come listen to you guys Talk about smaller government and fiscal responsibility as they're hiring Chinese firms and as they're letting, as 17 Republican senators are letting hundreds of thousands of Indians into the workforce. You you keep thinking that. You keep thinking that. This party's almost over, my man. It's almost over. Now, did you see the news that uh, the Wizard of Oz is getting crushed now by by, uh, Dave McCormick? Uh, Dave McCormick is about the same as Governor Yunkin hedge fund manager for 20-some years, uh, did the whole nine yards, the whole the whole GOPE thing of outsourcing labor and things like that. We'll see We'll see how he goes. People change. We'll see how he goes. But but the, the, the biggest thing about Pennsylvania's senatorial race, in my opinion, is the guys that are the front runners aren't even from Pennsylvania. Dr. Yeah. Oz is the Turkish representative from New Jersey. And McCormick is from Connecticut. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I didn't know you were coming there. Now, that's okay. Uh, interesting. I did happen to see Dave McCormick last night on a, on a show that you don't like, but I did see him totally avoid answering the China question, his relationship with China. Which is uh, Laura, Laura, Ingram, Laura Ingram question on it, and he dodged the question completely. So for, uh, you know, for myself... I would at least like uh, at least acceptance of the matter. It doesn't mean that we have to agree with it, but at least accept it. If you if that is you, accept it and move on. Good but point. he did yeah. not even he he did not even do that. So uh, I think a lot of people, and uh, maybe more moderate than I am, are going to look at that and dismiss him right away. Hutch, I I don't think that he's got. I don't see a bright future for him. That I hope not. China not qu- here. Let him, let him elect him in Connecticut. 
that China question is going to, he's going to continue to be asked. He's going to have to answer it at some point. You just can't keep on avoiding that question. And when you and, go, when you dig into it, Sal, it's, it, the, the question's going to crush him. I mean, I have a, a report in front of me here, uh, thanks to the World Tribune, and it's from January 31st. Uh, Who is David McCormick, part two, globalist wolf in America first sheep's clothing? It's by a guy named Joe Schaefer that I've never heard of before. Uh, but it starts off, David McCormick, the private equity titan, who is trying to purchase a GOP Senate nomination in Pennsylvania while slapping an America first sticker, don't get mad at me, Virginia, on his Glenn Youngkin-like sweater vest, just won his first straw poll Saturday, January 28th. World Tribune has documented McCormick's Atlantic Council Aspen Institute, and other globalist ties. We've also noted the outrageous comments made by Ray Dalio, his fanatically China-loving former boss at Bridgewater Associates, the largest hedge fund in the world. McCormick, listed along with his wife, Dina Powell McCormick, sits on the cheap labor-loving D.C. think tank, the American Enterprise Institute's National Council, and he is listed as a member for Connecticut, not Pennsylvania. Members of AEI's National Council are business and community leaders from across the country and abroad who are committed to the values and success of the Institute. They are ambassadors for AEI and provide advice, insight, and guidance as we share ideas and analysis with others. Remember Eric Cantor? He got beaten out because of his or his immigration views. Eric Cantor is a Virginia member, and with good reason. He personifies the type of Republican who is committed to the values and success of this swamp outfit. Paul Ryan is an AEI Distinguished Visiting Fellow in the Practice of Public Policy. Ryan's January 4, 2021 AEI-issued statement decrying President Trump's attempts to challenge the legitimacy of the flawed, riddled November 2020 election is proudly featured under his name. And it goes on and 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 on. The Carlisle Group, uh, and then it goes into, uh, I'm not even going to do that because it's irrelevant. I'm not going to sit here and knock Yunkin. Yunkin's elected, and I hope he does good. Uh, but the point is, is this guy has no business being any, this is like replacing uh, our Pat Toomey with another Pat Toomey. With a Pat Toomey that has more money than the current Pat Toomey. You know, that, that's, what it, that's what it's like to me. And then when you couple that with the Trump hatred and the cozying up to Dominion, uh, it, it's too much for me, man. And I don't know. I mean, everybody knows who I want. I haven't seen her name anywhere. So she's probably not going anywhere. But this is not a good fit for Pennsylvania, so. It's not a good fit at all, and I, I think I've told you, uh, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a big fan of Oz. Uh, however, I, I just truly believe he has enough name recognition, and he could do some damage uh, in areas where maybe a Republican wouldn't fare so well. That doesn't mean that I don't fully support him. Uh, to me, he's uh, been wishy-washy on a couple areas that are very near and dear to me and to other uh, right-leaning individuals, and I would like to hear him take a little bit more definitive stance on a couple of issues. 
I, I might want to support him uh, fully, but I just haven't heard it from him yet. And yeah, I think a Kathy Barnett would be a really welcome addition and a, and a change to politics as normal, or even a Carla Sands, anyone other than the establishment. Now, I, th- I think Oz would be a great senator in New Jersey, where he lives. Right, and and so what I, what I want to get to is, hey, you know, Oz is not establishment. You know, you can say that he's he he's mainstream and he's been in uh, a lot of TV. However, he's not part of the political system as far as what we can see right now from what we can see. Uh, but uh, again, I would like to say that we do need someone who is not Pat Toomey light or Pat Toomey richer. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to hear the guy for me. What I've, what I've seen so far, isn't that good? I mean, we'll, I'll look into him a little bit more. I never took him serious. And like I said, in the, in this segment, uh, McCormick just blasted past him. He's, he's in distant second now, uh, from what I hear, but I mean, you know how polls are. It'll probably okay. Well, I just uh, I found some other pool. I found some other pools, uh, but uh, this see, is only today. So anything before okay. today, I think they were tied before. Well, uh, I'm actually seeing that there's a lot of undecideds in Pennsylvania because I it is a pretty that sounds right. Yeah, a pretty it's a pretty large race uh, geographically as well. So, and, and given that it's an empty seat, there's going to be a lot of choice. And you'll look at the other side. We have to also consider who else is running on the other side. And, gosh, we have that thing that's out there. Uh, who Braddock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I call him that. I, I, don't think, I don't think the Democrats have a very good, a very good chance at a whole <sighs> lot this year. I mean, it's possible. But what you said about, you know, maybe Oz could do better than some people. Is that you got to remember the, you got to remember the history of the state. This state tends to go back and forth. I mean, maybe not as much in the senatorial arena, but certainly in the governor arena. I mean, I remember seeing a stat that like every year for like several decades, the governor was two year, two terms, Democrat, two terms, Republican, two terms, Democrat. I mean, it went back and forth like a yo-yo, you know, for like a lot of years until, uh, Wolf, no, actually, it happened with Wolf too. Was it Corbett before Wolf? Correct. Yes. So it was, or no, Corbett didn't get two though. That's what it was. Corbett only got he one. Was one and, he was one and done. And that's the first time that happened in a long time. I but, saw and, him a few weeks. I saw him a few weeks ago walking around in Pittsburgh. You know he, the biggest he, problem he had? He looked like Sandusky. <laughs> well, he did have a he did have a bodyguard with him, so maybe so. Hey, I don't know. He did. He did have a he did have a guy right right on his side. Yep. Yeah. So what do you think about uh, about uh, the Freedom Convoy? I'm a little excited about that. I, I don't know. I'm not naive. Uh, if it was me, I, I told you several times, I would have never took it into D.C. And we had a, well, spir- I- a spirited debate today on the daytime show about uh, whether or not they should come out and uh, – put all their details out in public. Ah, that's that's exactly where I was going to go. When I heard the intro today, I was really disappointed. I would have rather, I, I, it would be great if it stayed underground. Now that was that a reporter me, though. That wasn't, he wasn't part uh, of the, the uh, thing. I heard a guy that was part of the organization that did almost the same thing. And it was like, dude, what are you doing, man? You're going to prison, man. 
Did you not watch the last year? Yeah. Did you not just watch what's happening in Canada? Right. Uh, I didn't like that. I don't like that they're announcing what they're doing at all. I would love to see them actually not go to D.C., but go to more strategic, to go to other strategic areas. Like the southern border. (laughs) That's where they should go. They should go to the border with those trucks. (laughs) That are a little bit more strategic to make their point. Uh, but uh, good for them. Yeah, good for I wish, us. I wish I them luck, it, man. I wish them I, luck. I hope. I, really it, I hope they. I hope they get their point across that uh, they shouldn't be messed with. How about right. that? And, and you know, like this morning, I was all against them coming out. But then after I listened to that intro for the second time tonight, I started changing a little bit. I started thinking, you know, if they start cracking people's heads open and putting them in prison, this is going to be some good evidence right here. You know, I mean, just the the happy nature of it and the leaving the one lane open for emergency vehicles and whatnot. We'll see. It's going to be interesting to uh, to watch. I put a link in the chat room that's going to give you the conservative treehouse's uh, ongoing coverage of whatever happens to this thing. Uh, so we'll see what's going on. Um, now, the irony of what's going on today is amazing. I mean, President Joe Applesauce Biden announced today that he would level sanctions on Russia's proposed Nord Stream 2 pipeline. What's the first thing he did after taking office? He lifted the sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline put in place by President Trump. So now the media is jumping all over themselves about what an awesome uh, tactician this freaking moron is, and all he's doing is correcting his first mistake. You know, which is, I mean, the idea... First of all, that we're going to cancel their pipeline is ridiculous. Um, unless you want to sign on to go in and kill millions of Russians, of course. And you're going to have to bomb this thing in the middle of the sea because that's where it is. In the, I think it's in the Black Sea, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that. I, th- it, I think it's the one north of that. The Baltic Sea is what it's in. But at any rate, it's, a, it's an, a, a, an underwater pipeline. It'll be interesting to see what goes on, um, especially now you've got Ukraine. And just so everybody understands the the geography here, you've got eastern Ukraine, Donetsk, uh, and I forget the name of the other uh, province, but they're both Russian separatist provinces. In other words, they... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Open the gates and say, come on in, Vlad. It's not like they shot their way in. 
the Ukrainian parliament known as the Verkhovana Rada today passed a bill greatly expanding civilian access to firearms. The author of the bill said these new gun rights were needed due to existing threats and dangers for the citizens of Ukraine, sending a signal to invading Russian forces that they can expect stiff resistance should they push beyond the eastern Donbass region. Did I say Donetsk? I meant Donbass. So, I mean, when you... (laughs) When you got to put the Second Amendment in the foreign USS, the former USSR, I, you know, up until like the last day or two, I thought this was all BS. I didn't think that anything was going to. And to be honest, nothing's happened yet. Nothing of consequence. There have been some troop movements, uh, but nothing. You got to keep in mind that this is. And, and when the FBI, if they ever get me, they'll they'll say that I'm issuing pro-Putin statements, which I'm not. I got 35 years against that to prove that. But it's, it's, a, it's a former integral part of the Soviet Union and a very corrupt nation, corrupted by the Democrat Party of the United States, among others, the Joe Biden family specifically, and the Kerry family. Uh, and others, the Pelosi family. Um, but to, to to characterize this as like uh, Germany invading Poland or something like that is just uh, not the way to do it, man. It's, it's you have to be you have to go beyond black and white sometimes when it comes to relationships like this. Uh, but what you don't have to do is listen to the traitorous media when they tell you that all of our economic woes are because of this thing that didn't start yet. Um, It's sickening. I want you to listen to a guy uh, who has a way of breaking things down. He's a money guy. You saw him on Fox News. You saw him in the Trump administration. And now he's back uh, on Fox News. Um, He calls this an oil jihad, a jihad against America's energy sector. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kudlow. I'm Larry Kudlow. So acknowledging that Russia carved out a big chunk of Ukraine, President Biden this afternoon announced a very weak, low-level set of sanctions on Russia. So these were not really the swift and severe consequences that he had been bragging about for so many weeks. The Russian stock market, by the way, rose six and a half percent after Biden's announcement. What does that tell you? In the prior several days, it had been collapsing. Now, Biden did follow Germany in not certifying Nord Stream 2, but that's just really a temporary paper contract issue. It's not a long-term or permanent shutdown. He basically hit a couple of banks tied to the Donbass region, which is really not much. The GDP for the whole of Ukraine is about $160 billion, maybe. And the GDP of Donbass is under $6 billion. And the GDP of Lugansk is a billion, also maybe. Delaware's GDP, just to pick a random comparison, is $76 billion. So to call Biden's sanctions small beer is understating it. Remember, if Russia invaded Ukraine, 
Our president was going to impose swift and severe consequences, remember? But he didn't. And I'm particularly interested in Mr. Biden's statement about protecting America from rising gasoline prices. Please take a listen. My administration is using every tool at our disposal to protect American businesses and consumers from rising prices at the pump. As I said last week, defending freedom will have cost for us as well and here at home. We need to be honest about that. So, Mr. Biden, you need to be honest about the damage you're doing to the American energy industry. In fact, you've done everything you can to drive up prices, and you know it, because you're dancing to the radical green tune. Your jihad against fossil fuels has held down production in the face of rising demand. And that has been a key factor in driving up world oil prices towards $100 a barrel. In effect, Biden's jihad against fossil fuel is financing Vladimir Putin's military adventures. So let's, let's hold right there and, and, and talk about this a little bit. Um, ladies and gentlemen, almost everything that you see attacking our economy comes from the Green New Deal mentality. Do you think that it is just a coincidence that almost every fast food venue in the United States of America is now offering a fake burger made out of grass or whatever the hell it's made out of? You think that in conjunction with them talking about car f- cow farts is coincidental or that the supply chain they're trying to get you used to a supply chain that doesn't work because there's no trucks involved. I mean, th- this is all, these people in this Green New Deal, you need to stop looking at them as environmentalists. They're Nazis, hell-bent on destroying this country. They don't give a rat's ass about the economy. They all are billionaires and have jets and yachts and 30-bedroom mansions on the freaking shoreline. This is a big ruse. If you remember, prior to 1971, climate change was about the new ice age. We have got to stop this, and we had better stop the indoctrination of our kids who are so smart they're stupid when it comes to climate. They believe this stuff. Not only do they believe this, the white kids believe the CRT stuff. Some of them, the weak-minded ones, you know, the A students. The A students are the ones most at risk because your A students are the ones that didn't miss a lie. They got every lie right on the test. Obviously, this is not in every classroom, but you know what I'm saying because I got one lives in my house. And if nothing else, they believe that we're destroying the planet. They honestly believe that. They are so fired up for electric cars that take just as much fossil fuel to charge the batteries or provide the electricity as anything else are the salvation of the country, of the world. Uh, let's finish listening. Or, or, go ahead, let me get your comments, Sal, and then we'll go back to the clip. Well, there's maybe a silver lining to the, to, to the Ukraine-Russian situation. And you and I both know, and a lot of other people know, uh, here in Pennsylvania, we are sitting on a gold mine. No, not literal gold. Just as good. 
We're talking about natural gas. Marcellus Shell oil and gas. Right. And the market here has been struggling. And while I don't want a conflict, it will help uh, <laughs> drive the prices up here. So for those who are invested in that here, uh, it could mean something to them. Uh, and no, I don't take any uh, good feeling out of that. Uh, however, it might start to revive the, the, the gas industry here, possibly. It has po- that possible ramifications. So it's a shame that, that it in- ended up here. It should have ended up in a free state. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's, it's, it's sad that it ends up in a, in, a, in a state that hates itself as much as Pennsylvania, man. I mean, we could be, we could, you could eliminate taxes over this oil and gas and be okay. I mean, you know, you, you have. Here, I went to the casino today, Sal, and I'm walking around this casino. I'm going, why does anyone over 60 have to pay anything to the government? That's what this was all supposed to be. Remember? Yes. I mean, that was what they said in court and in the hearings. This was going to end taxes for senior citizens. And yet, on the news, you see a homeless guy under an interstate. It's like, what about that? Why didn't that casino build him a house? <laughs> you know, it's it's ridiculous. It is. It, it's such a it's such a shame, man. It really is. It, it it is a shame. But the other thing about the electric cars too it, it are the metals, precious metals, and rare earths that it takes to build those batteries. And sure. where do they come from? Taiwan, uh, China, China. Yep. I mean, Africa, but controlled by the PLA, the People's Liberation Army of Joe Biden's China. Uh, Let's go back to Larry Kudlow. He's got some more to say, and we'll we'll come back. Because if we were producing at 13 million barrels a day, as we did pre-pandemic, except for except today's 11 million, oil prices would be substantially lower and Putin would be significantly poorer. Mr. Biden's energy policies have been utterly self-destructive to America, and they have directly empowered Putin and all of Putin's crazy, ahistoric, romanticized, inaccurate visions of history. Russia is a nothingheimer economy. It's roughly one and a half trillion dollars of GDP. The U.S. is 23 trillion. But as the late Senator John McCain put it years ago, Russia's like an old gas station masquerading as a country. And Biden's anti-oil policies are enabling Putin to raise gas station prices. Well, Mr. Biden has the audacity to tell us how he wants to protect American business and consumers from rising prices at the pump. The New York Times headline for February 20th, that's right, the New York Times was, Biden administration halts new drilling in legal fight over climate costs. It went on to say that the Interior Department is indefinitely freezing decisions about new federal oil and gas drilling. The Biden's also at war with several judges who disagree with the idea of something called the social cost of carbon, which is a phony metric drummed up by extreme radical greenies. Their idea is that pipeline analysis should include carbon emissions for production and downstream consumption, even though there is no reliable way to measure either. That, according to a Wall Street Journal editorial, the Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry has called the social cost of carbon voodoo economics. AGs from, get this, 
Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, South Dakota, Texas, West Virginia, and Wyoming are suing the federal government over this. Last week, Biden's Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, revised its policy for natural gas pipelines and export terminals using this phony metric to stop new pipelines. Of course, we all recall that in the first hour of his presidency, Biden vetoed the Keystone XL pipeline. Later on, he banned drilling in Alaska, raised drilling fees on public lands, and on and on. Now, if Mr. Biden were a smart president, and if he really wanted to go after Putin, he would simply tell American fossil fuel producers to turn the spigots back on. And then he would lift all the tax and regulatory barriers that he has erected. And then he'd resign. Turning the spigots back on would provide all the spare capacity necessary to stabilize oil and natural gas prices and to continue American dominance in LNG exports to Europe and the rest of the world. Turning the spigots on would really stick it to Vladimir Putin. But Mr. Biden is not a smart president. He is a weak president and a weak man with only a paper-thin understanding of all the natural forces involved in climate change. A smart president would pursue an all-of-the-above energy policy because we're going to need all the energy we can get from every possible source in order to spur prosperity at home and national security abroad. But Biden is not the man. Save America. The cavalry is coming. Yeah, we'll see. And you're right. I mean, it's not Biden doesn't have anything to do with anything. I watched him come up to the podium for that last clip you heard inside that clip. And he can barely walk, Sal. I mean, he has a problem putting one foot in front of the other. And then when he gets to the podium, that yeah, look actually, in his that, eyes is freaking scary. Yeah, that walk is a walk of one thing, and that's fear of falling. Yeah, balance, because if that's he right. Falls, if he falls, it could be over for him. That's true. That's, and you're exactly, that's the exact feeling I got. It's like, man, that's somebody walking that's afraid they're going to fall. I mean, it's a wonder he doesn't have his hands out at his, you know, like a balancing beam to, to keep himself up. And then when you look at that look in his eyes, I think you Democrats suck. You're assholes from one day to the next. You guys to put this on our country by stealing an election because the guy could never have won one. I mean, I don't know if you were people. People get this dumbness when it comes to this, like they don't remember the rallies. There was nobody there. He never had an open house where there was people there. And and and, and they, they <laughs> enough of that. Let's get back to reality. Three Russian guided missile cruisers have been arrayed across the Black Sea and the Mediterranean Sea to counter three NATO carrier strike groups causing concern in the Pentagon, a US defense official told USNI News on Tuesday. As of Monday, the three Slava-class cruisers were operating in and around the Aegean Sea. RTS Moskva-121 in the Black Sea, RFS Varyag-011 south of Italy, and RTS Marshal Ustinov-055 off the coast of Syria near Russia's naval base in Tartus. Moskva is based in the Black Sea while Marshal Ustinov traveled from the northern fleet and Varyag from the Pacific Fleet. Ustinov and Varyag entered the Mediterranean 
from opposite ends earlier this month. The three 11,500-ton Slavas were designed around launchers that can hold 16 SSN-12 sandbox anti-ship cruise missiles, each about the size of a telephone pole. Developed in the 1970s, the Slavas and the sandboxes were designed to take on U.S. and NATO aircraft carriers by overwhelming them with a barrage of high... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Speed cruise missiles to sink ships. Now, I would ask you to look back, those of you old enough or, you know, that were paying attention at the time. I'm sure you were, Sal. Uh, during the Falklands War and how the Exocet missiles launched by the Argentinians uh, sunk the, the uh, English ship that I can't remember its name, but I remember watching the casualties on the deck and I remember it being a fire. Do you remember that? I do remember that. That's what we're talking here. That's the well, kind you of know what? Yeah, I, I just thought that that, story where you were channeling a little bit of uh, a little bit of our uh uh gosh i forget his name now who passed away and uh, uh a frequent caller of the show i was thinking uh, of him too and i, I, I like I, I blew up i couldn't remember his name ralph ralph yes, ralph, ralph. I, and the, was when i was reading the nomenclatures of those ships i'm like man where's ralph when you need him yeah, he would be on it. He'd be I able know. to tell us. He'd be like, no, no, I, you don't understand. There's 64 bolts that go across there, not 52. You know, he's like, I put them in there myself when I was a spy. You know, but no, <laughs> no I, I thought the same thing, man. I really did. I, I seriously did. And, and I get, I get nervous when the Navy gets involved, man, because that's a whole lot of casualties in one place at one time with one shot. You know, and I, it just it makes me nervous when now you got two two forces that are arrayed against each other, and you've got our country with an incompetent commander in chief, a corrupt military with no officers you can trust. I mean, we got problems, man. We got serious problems. That's why they said in the Constitution that you have to declare war because these morons they couldn't get out of their own way. You know, I, I mean, it's a I got people calling me. Military people calling me worried as hell. I don't want to use the word scared, but nervous as hell about this whole thing. You know, you get rid of all the good ones, and then you're left with these freaking people. It's I watched a, a deputy national security advisor yesterday uh, at a press conference, 
Sal, the guy looked like he was 30 years old. He'd never been to Cleveland, let alone Ukraine. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, these people that we have in Washington are not the brightest, the best and brightest. They're not. They are not. They're not even good when they lie. I mean, they can't even even our premier agencies suck. You know, you, you look at them and it's like so obvious what's happening with these people and they're supposed to be good. Uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Cold War Radio, Hutch Bailey Jr. and Sal from out west. We got a lot more to go. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. One America News Network, your leading source for the latest breaking national and international news. With nearly four times as many headlines as the other networks. Straight news, no speculation, no opinion, just the facts. Complete coverage 24 hours a day, seven days a week. One American News Network, your source for credible news. Who is more empathetic uh, than Joe Biden? Who has a bigger vision, more knowledge, more strategic thinking about all this? A representative republic, not a democracy. Cold War Radio celebrates and defends this. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. I'm Hutch Bailey Jr., your host. Ward, Sal, and Jack are my wingmen. And your live calls let it all make sense. Join us, Cold War Radio, live on Spreaker and forever on all podcast platforms. The very First Amendment in the Constitution of the United States of America gives us the freedom to express our opinions and ideas in many ways. Speech can be weak. Speech can be strong. Speech can be words. Speech can be song. Speech can breed love. Speech can breed hate. Speech can be poor. Speech can be great. There are so many things that speech can be, but above all else, speech must be free. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation, the Broadcast Education Association, McCormick Foundation, and this station. Last year, I received an invitation to an event that promised to be, quote, an occasion for exclusive deal-making. It said, quote, the opportunities for mutually beneficial economic development between China and our individual states are tremendous, end of quote. Uh, Deal-making sounds like it might have come from President Trump, but the invitation was actually from a former governor. I was being invited to the U.S.-China Governors Collaboration Summit. It was an event co-hosted by the National Governors Association and something called the Chinese People's Association for Friendship and Foreign Countries. Sounds pretty harmless. What the invitation did not say is that the group, the group I just mentioned, is the public face of the Chinese Communist Party's official foreign influence agency, the United Front Work Department. Now, I was lucky. Uh, I was familiar with that organization from my time as the director of the Central Intelligence Agency. But it got me thinking. How many of you made the link between that group and Chinese Communist Party officials? What if you made a new friend while you were at that event? What if your new friend asked you for introductions to other politically connected and powerful people? What if your new friend offered to invest big money in your state, perhaps in your pension, in industries sensitive to our national security? These aren't hypotheticals. These scenarios are all too true, and they impact American foreign policy significantly. Indeed, last year, 
A Chinese government-backed think tank in Beijing produced a report that assessed all 50 of America's governors on their attitudes towards China. They labeled each of you friendly, hardline, or ambiguous. I'll let you decide where you think you belong. Someone in China already has. Many of you indeed in that report are referenced by name. So here's the lesson. The lesson is that competition with China is not just a federal issue. It's why I wanted to be here today, Go Governor Hogan. It's happening in your states with consequences for our foreign policy, for the citizens that reside in your state and sta states, and indeed for each of you. And in fact, whether you're viewed by the CCP as friendly or hardline, know that it's working you. Know that it's working the team around you. Competition with China is happening inside of your state and it affects our capacity to perform America's vital national security functions. I, I want to set the context today for this topic. At the end of the Cold War, uh, America started to engage with China heavily. It made good sense. We thought that the more we interacted, the more it would become like a liberal democracy, like us here in the United States. It didn't happen. Ladies and gentlemen, live from Pittsburgh Studio Number One, it's Cold War Radio. Here's your host, Hutch Bailey Jr. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Cold War Radio with Sal and myself. Uh, working this thing, we're going to go over <clears throat> and talk about Canada for a while here. There's a lot going on there. It's uh, an historic time, and I want to make sure that you get the. Uh, analysis that we've uh, put into this because you cannot, and you know this, you cannot trust the corporate media anymore. It's just plain and simple. It's sad. It's actually tragic. It's criminal. I pray to God that they get uh, held accountable for it, and they may. We'll talk about that too. Um, but for now, Canada's leftist, uh, you might as well call him a communist, the communist prime minister, Justin Trudeau, flush with new emergency powers that enable him to crush political dissent without due process, promised yesterday that Canada would stand up against imported Russian authoritarianism in Ukraine. Well, thank you, Justin. Uh, that's, that's really well said and well put. It kind of makes about as much sense as our government doing the same things. What a, what a bunch of people. I want you to listen to this member of parliament this communist member of parliament, and I want you to remember the term and the tactic uh, that we've all observed these leftists use uh, throughout the last several years, and they're so brilliant, these people. They don't even change their playbook. They continue with the projection. I want you to think of what you know that the Canadian and the United States government and a Russian government, and a Chinese government, and a Venezuelan government, what they've already done. And then I want you to listen to her spew all that at the freaking truck drivers. I mean, the, the projection is unbelievable. 
Questions et commentaires, the Honourable Parliamentary Secretary to the Minister of Families, Children and Social Development. Thank you, Madam Speaker. And uh, I've heard the words of my colleague on the other side of the floor, and so I have a few questions. Um, as a Jewish member of Parliament myself, a leftist and Jewish a descendant member. of survivors of the Holocaust as well, <laughs> I, like many Canadians, were shocked to see Nazi flags, Confederate flags, dismayed and angry and hurt. Hurt. Oh. Horribly hurt. So how many Nazi flags does it take? How many donors from the Capitol riots, it's 1,100 and counting, who have donated to these illegal blockades? How many guns need to be seized? Seized. How much vitriol do we have to see of Hong Kong, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, <laughs> do we need to see by these protesters on social media how much how many times do we have to see clear indicators that what is out there is not about the hard two years that every Canadian has suffered but is it about something much deeper and darker and uglier that is threatening the stability of this house you the work that we do as legislators each and every day for our constituents, the democracy that we oh, have. There's to that word. When will it be an emergency for you and your colleagues across the? The honourable member uh, knows full well that she needs to uh, address the questions and comments of the chair, and I've been trying to single her because there's other people who need to ask questions as well. Let, let me translate that. Shut the f up. I mean, this lady. The <laughs> you notice how. How the most important thing to them, these leftists, the, the whole uniparty, is preserving the government and the legislature and all the hard work that we do every day right here that nobody gives a shit about. That's their whole world. That's it. There's nothing else for them. But the projection in that two minutes, man, was immeasurable. I mean, what are you talking about, the, the, the Nazi flags and the Confederate flags that don't even have anything to do with your country? And, and what about the jackbooted Nazis that ran over that crippled lady with a horse? What about that? And excuse my uh, pig-headedness for saying crippled. I'm sorry. The disabled individual with the walker that got crushed by the, by the Canadian police horse. It's unreal. It's unreal to me. And it's more unreal to me that people still listen to that. And there's somebody in Canada that believes that. And there's uh, yeah. 60 some percent of American Democrats that believe it too. All right, well let's clear up let's clear up the horn honking for a second, okay? Okay, yeah. All right. Oh, so let's talk about the basics of horn honking. What a horn does, it alerts people around you of something, right? You use your horn to get attention to provide warning, make sure that you stay out of harm's way, right? And there's etiquette to horn honking, right? You should use it for the right reasons, okay? Unlike there's the Koreans, also, they talk to each other with horns, but go ahead. Right, and the, but there's wrong ways, there's wrong reasons to honk as well. Uh, if you're involved in road rage, heck, maybe you shouldn't use your horn. Heck, I had to use my horn tonight right before one of our glorious tunnels where someone was texting and driving. Nice. And I had to make sure that they didn't run into me. So I actually used the long honk. 
<laughs> I only used one H. Honk. Just one honk. All right. So you got to like understand the etiquette here. So you have the short beep, the long beep, and then you have multiple. If you hear multiple beeps, and that's what this individual is referring to. It's obviously Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. It can be used in a time of emergency or at the opposite end. It can be used. Guess what? Breaking news here to show support. How about that? Anyway, horn honking can be used in many different things. And there's my lesson for the night. Honk you your go. horn. Honk appropriately. It, but it, Thank it you. means how Hitler, though. That, that's what she was telling you. I don't know where I came from. Probably Twitter. Uh, but fascists that are loyal to totalitarian Justin Trudeau have gone full communist, uh, full East Germany and Stasi and Vladimir Putin, that's where he worked, uh, and published the names, addresses, and amounts donated of all the Ontario donors to the Freedom Convoy protest. The leftist thugs posted the information on our good, liberty-loving friend Google Maps. Uh, can you imagine that? I mean, it, it's like that. that's going full commie. That, that's, that's past... Democrat commie. And, well, no, they do that here, too. They do it here, too. No no doubt. Can you believe 60-some percent of Democrats are okay with this guy? I, I saw well, that just, poll and it blew me away. There's Hotch, everyone out there, there's some messed up people around us. <laughs> I know. I'm Watch out. You. Watch out. Okay, so I've got some breaking news here. Uh, it's really breaking, and, and it's exciting. But don't get too excited because I'll explain it uh, when it's done. But With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is, you need to know this, and it's a good thing on its face. Our third principle. We were very clear that the use of the Emergencies Act would be limited in time. When we invoked it, it would be in place for up to 30 days. But we said that we would lift it as soon as possible. We've held updates and briefs with ministers and officials every day, often multiple times a day. And today, after careful consideration, <laughs> we're ready to confirm that the situation is no longer an emergency. Therefore, the federal government will be ending the use of the Emergencies Act. We are confident that existing laws and bylaws are now sufficient to keep people safe. Of course, we'll continue to be there to support provincial and local authorities if and when needed. So there's that. I mean, uh, you have the reversal of Trudeau's Emergency Act that was just yesterday uh, approved for indefinite use. Uh, And then overnight, he saw God, man. And he saw these truckers and... He, he got an epiphany that he was wrong and everything. And wouldn't it be nice if that was the truth? 
All right. It's officially <laughs> over. I, and what I thought myself before I did some research on it, which I'm going to bring to you next, uh, what I thought was he's stopping that because he knows because this was after the American Freedom Convoy kicked off. And I'm thinking he stopped that so Biden could do it, which may still be the case. But let me share something else with you. Sunlight is the best disinfectant, and Sundance is the best teacher I've ever had. A promotional video from the Canadian Bankers Association. Remember, they were starting to freeze bank accounts. Canadian Banking Association, Bankers Association, CBA, helps to neatly connect all the dots about why the Canadian government made such a quick reversal in their bank asset seizures in the last 24 hours. And yes, as we suspected, it was almost certainly contact from the World Economic Forum to Canadian Finance Minister Christia Freeland that triggered the change in position. When Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and Finance Minister Christia Freeland announced they would use the Emergency Act declaration to target the financial support systems, banks, and accounts of the people who were protesting against COVID mandates, something, by the way, that you notice you haven't even heard mentioned in the last two weeks while discussing these powers. They not only undermined the integrity of the Canadian banking system, but they also inadvertently stuck a wrench into the plans of the World Economic Forum and the collaborative use of the Canadian Bankers Association to create a digital ID. So against the backdrop of the Canadian government action, listen to this clip. Revolutionary innovation. Canada is on the cusp of a revolutionary innovation that will transform the way Canadians authenticate themselves online and protect their identity. Digital ID. All of us are living in a digital world, but we're tethered to an analog model of how we identify ourselves. Memorizing countless online passwords, carrying government-issued licenses, plastic cards, and more. Digital ID is a way for Canadians to identify themselves to government, businesses, and each other electronically, with ease and rock-solid security, without the need to present physical documents. One interconnected network. A federated digital ID ecosystem developed in collaboration with Canada's best and brightest talent from our banks, telecommunication companies, law enforcement, and government. It would have the power and security to store every Canadian's electronic identity and attributes. And it would unlock countless opportunities for Canadians. Now, going forward in this clip, I want you to look for the, the word that is so critical in this whole situation. Canadians to verify who they are safely, quickly, and securely, while only revealing the information necessary for each transaction. A fast, easy, and secure way to bank, sign up for government services, renew driver's licenses or health cards, shop, travel, and more. Canada's banks are perfectly situated to help lead the creation of a federated digital ID system between government and the private sector. The World Economic Forum agrees that banks and financial institutions should lead the path forward for digital ID. Banks are highly regulated and trusted. Ding. They have advanced cybersecurity and privacy technology, and they have the infrastructure to operate provincially and nationally. 
Banks are also at the forefront of working with fintech startups who are bringing revolutionary mobile and online products and services to Canadians. Digital ID can help consumers navigate between these apps and programs with trust and confidence, knowing their ID is protected at all times. A federated digital ID approach can also significantly reduce fraud, save taxpayer money, improve regulatory compliance, and make it easier to do business as an owner and as a consumer. In fact, the Canadian Bankers Association just launched a white paper with our recommendations on how to move forward with a federated digital ID framework. I encourage you to read it to learn more. So, uh, apparently, uh, and nothing against young people, really. But this is why people with experience need to be running things. See, there's still people in the banking industry that remember the run on the banks before the Great Depression. How many of you in the last six months have pondered, and I'm not talking about made serious steps toward it, but how many of you have thought about, you know, I need to go get my money the hell out of these raggedy-ass banks? Because I know it's more than one of you, more than one of us, that have thought about that. Uh, I trust my bank as much as I trust Hitler, man. I don't. I know they don't work for me. I know they don't even like me. They tolerate me. And I tolerate them. But without the word trust, I watched Trudeau and his henchmen talk about deplatforming this, and I watched GoFundMe and all this. You want to wreck a banking system? Let, Let people not trust you. Let people not trust you. You'll be done. You'll be over, over and out. It'll take one day. And, of course, you can shut the ATMs down. Yeah, you can do that. Go ahead and try that, too. You don't have enough police. But I'm just saying, banking is predicated on trust. Sal, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, this is you, you can't tell people that you're just going to take the money they got sitting in there and expect them to all just let it sit there. Well, there could be something actually more nefarious going on here. And what they didn't say in that spiel there was digital currency. And that's the ultimate way to control and track people. And while there's been no really call for Canada having a digital currency, but they've been researching it. So take that, take that spiel for a grain of salt is what it really is, but there is actually more to it. That actually wasn't about the emergency powers. That was just a public service type announcement that Canada was going to be the country that was going to spearhead this global digital ID. And you're well, right that, about about that, the digital that, currency, but it has that dovetails right two sides of the dovetail, blade. That dovetails right into it. Yeah, and it does. Once you've got one side of it settled, you can certainly and it's coming. That other it's, it's coming. I mean, you can you can sit there and think that we're going to have paper money forever. We're not. Paper money is going to be like a horse drawn wagon. I mean, it's that's just the way it is. It's already like that. I mean. It, the only people that use cash are people with no money. You know, I mean, it, it, it's just, uh, and I'm not a financial wizard. 
you're much more educated in this than I am, but I just know how modernization works over the years and the finance business is no different than any other. I remember the first, they used to call them Mac machines, you know, and I, I just don't, you're not going to put the technology back in the bottle, man. It's not going to happen. Now who controls no, it, it is different. Well, and well, who controls it is different. And what's the end game with that control? Uh, is that the ultimate way to control someone and track someone is with digital currency? I well, would say the answer to that question is yes. To an extent, if, if you if you're if you understand what currency is, currency is just something that represents something of wealth. Like digital Bitcoin by itself is nothing if it doesn't have buying power. But if you have 10 tons of coffee, that's the same as currency. Any commodity in the economy can be traded. I mean, not all at one time. You have to look at the market. Like, for instance, right now, what would be a good commodity? 5.56 millimeter green-tipped ammunition. You have that. You have millions of rounds of that, and you got money. The same way with gold or silver or guns or coffee or anything, pork bellies. If you can keep them refrigerated and move them, money's just something that's convenient. And unfortunately, America's money, which used to be anchored by gold and silver and platinum and oil, uh, is no longer tied to any of those commodities. And that's why we've got so many criminals in Washington. Because they can steal now. They couldn't steal before. Because we only could print as much as the gold we had, which is the way it should have stayed. But unfortunately, and this is one of Rand Paul's and Ron Paul's and, you know, Mises and everything. I mean, it's true. I don't know if we're ever going to get back to that. We probably won't. But Ken picked up a pork belly. Good, good idea. Make some bacon out of it. Uh, anyway, so you heard, Sal, that the Manhattan district attorney and other district attorneys in New York City uh, were executing witch hunts and show trials against the Trump family. One of the families that gave New York City more than most families but this is how they thank them. It's fallen apart a little bit in New York. And I imagine that we're going to see in the next year or two a whole lot more fall apart in New York. They might even have some city council seats that flip. There's one that's Republican now uh, in the Staten Island area. I've had the guy on the show a couple times, a police sergeant. But two prosecutors leading the Manhattan District Attorney's investigation into President Trump's business practices, abruptly resigned today, according to the New York Times. And if you are a senior officer in the United States military or a senior uh, special agent in the Democrat Security Services, sometimes people call it the FBI, uh, or you are a high-ranking police officer in a leftist community, you need to take heed to this because this is why I call you all cowards because you never do this. This is what they used to do when I was young and looking up to my leaders. 
When something went wrong, this is what they did. And you cowards won't do it anymore. According to the New York Times, the new Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, has serious doubts about the case against Trump, leading two of his top prosecutors to resign. The two prosecutors leading the Manhattan District Attorney's investigation into former President Donald Trump and his business practices abruptly resigned today amid a month-long pause in their presentation of evidence to a grand jury, throwing the future of the high-stakes inquiry into serious doubt, the New York Times reported. And I got to tell you, Sal, something like that, that story boosts my morale more than the Trudeau story. That right there, for us, for men, for American men, to get back to having honor and integrity is how we beat these bastards. And you can't do that when you're General frickin' Millie, or especially if you're General Millie's frickin' aide. You can't do it if you stay there because you got a little bit of, uh, a little bit of benefits from being in power like a Nazi. You have to have integrity and honor for this thing to work called America. Especially Americans with guns representing the government who is supposed to be representing us. So to me, that was a huge story. That, that's the biggest story right there. God bless you guys in Manhattan in the prosecutor's office. That's what Americans do, Sal. Uh, yeah, but he could be doing this for political reasons as well. So keep in mind, uh, he might trying to pres- he may be trying to preserve his own own position, right? Uh, and uh, he might be backing off this investigation because, hey, he's got to keep his career alive as well. Well, that's possible for the DA Alvin Bragg, but the two other guys Correct. are out of a job. <laughs> you know, well, they're they're and, likely going to be able. It's it, it's it's. Something that they're, I can't find the word. You know, it, it's they're likely that, gonna they're likely gonna find some woke law firm that's gonna gladly hire them as as heroes that were working, you know, to to battle Trump. Not not to worry for them. No, my point is it's ceremonial. Like it, it's something that it provides a template of what you do when you're in an organization that's going the wrong way. And yeah, you should jump ship when you while you can publicly, to say to, publicly. to save face so you're not a part of a, 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 a an L. Save and your I think, honor. That's right. That's okay. right. They don't want to be part of a, a losing investigation. So get out while you can. And I, they, it sounds like they know enough. Perhaps that's what they did. It's possible. I, I just I, I was happy to see somebody finally do something. Because, face it, if you're an FBI guy or an Army officer or a Navy officer uh, or a a police chief, uh, you don't have a whole lot of options. That's about the only option. you got two options. You go along with it, and then when you get at the Nuremberg trials, you say, I was just following orders, and they hang your stupid ass anyway. Or you do that. There's actually another option. You can go work for CNN. I don't know where all the negativity comes from these guys quitting a prosecution, but all right. I mean, if they're just, that, that, that's that's Rocky's. I've comment. seen it. I so saw Rocky, it. I, I saw I, it. So that's Rocky. So <laughs> I saw it in there. <laughs> so um, let's roll over uh, to Wisconsin, 
And you sent me something earlier, and I looked into it. And although the guy is not a man of many words, luckily he was being interviewed by Tucker Carlson Chatsworth, who is a man of many words, so he filled in for him. But Kyle Rittenhouse is getting ready to go to war. And I love it, man. I do. I, I, I Man, I hope. Let's listen, and then we'll talk about it. So for over a year, media outlets in this country lied about Kyle Rittenhouse in an effort to have him put behind bars for the rest of his life. They called him a white supremacist, which he is not. They told us he crossed state lines with an AR-15, which he did not, and therefore he was a terrorist. Here's, here's a selection. And what does it say when a white teenager can cross state lines with a long gun, kill two people at a racial justice protest, and gets to walk away a free man? Now we're being told that someone can cross state lines with a semi-automatic rifle and kill people and say it's self-defense. Here's a 17-year-old who came across state lines with a firearm that he purchased illegally, driven by his mother. Self-defense on its face is not white supremacy, but traveling across state lines with an AR-15 to intimidate people (laughs) is absolutely white supremacy. Absolutely. White supremacy. No one he shot was not white. Everyone involved in the story was white course, but it's white supremacy. They're lying to put the kid in prison for the rest of his life. What they just told you, there are lies. Rittenhouse's mother didn't drive him across state lines with an AR-15. He borrowed the gun from a friend in Wisconsin. He lived about 15 minutes from Wisconsin. He worked in Wisconsin. So the question is, after a full year of watching these people lie in order to imprison a kid for the rest of his life, Who's going to hold the liars accountable? Kyle Rittenhouse, understandably, has thought a lot about this. He joins us tonight to explain his plan going forward. Kyle, thanks so much for coming on tonight. I I can't think of many people who've been at the receiving end of this much sinister lying from so-called news organizations as you have. How are you going to respond? Well, Tucker, thank you for having me. Um, Of course. Me and my team have decided to launch the Media Accountability Project as a tool to help fundraise and hold the media accountable for the lies they said and deal with them in court. Interesting. So the idea is uh, maybe like the Covington Catholic kids, you will be suing news organizations that maliciously lie about people who are in the news? Is, Is that the plan? Yes, sir. We're going to be holding them accountable, Tucker. Interview is worst ex- nightmare. I mean, I, I guess I have to ask a, kind of a dumb question, but you know, why isn't there a group like this that exists already since the media so often are not observers, they're players, they're participants in the news? Why hasn't someone done this before? That's a good question, Tucker, and I'm not sure, to be honest, but I don't want to see anybody else have to deal with what I went through. So I want to hold them accountable for what they did to me because I don't want to see anybody have to go through what I went through. Yeah, I mean, they tried to imprison you for the rest of your life. It wasn't coverage. It was advocacy. You have a lot of potential targets to sue yourself. Will you be suing any of these news organizations? And if so, when? Um, Well, right now we're looking at quite a few uh, politicians, celebrities, athletes, Whoopi Goldberg's on the list. She called me a murderer after I was acquitted by a jury of my peers. She went on to still say that. 
And there's others. Don't forget about Sank from the Young Turks. He called me a murderer before verdict and continues to call me a murderer. Interesting. And, and what about the people who called you groundlessly a white supremacist, which makes it pretty hard to get a job for the rest of your life if you're a white supremacist? Will you be responding to them? <laughs> Absolutely. We are going to hold everybody who's lied about me accountable, such as um, everybody who's lied me a white supremacist. Yeah. They're all going to be held accountable, and we're going to handle them in a courtroom. Kyle Rittenhouse, I appreciate your announcing that tonight, the Media Accountability Project. And, of course, we're, we're rooting for justice as we always are. So thank you very much. Good to see you. Thank you, Tucker. And if anybody wants to help join us in this battle, they can donate at tmap.org. Just, just a little bit of inside baseball stuff because uh, most of you listen to the show, and God bless you, you know, you're doing whatever else you're doing, and it's just, you know. But when you're doing a show and you're interviewing somebody, I had a guy that Kyle Rittenhouse is the interviewee from hell. I had a guy from Front Page Magazine. It's it's uh, David Horowitz's right hand man. His name is Daniel Greenfield, and he writes a column on Front Page Magazine, and he has his own uh, blog called uh, Sultan Kanish. And this is the kind of guy that writes an article that I can never use on the show, Sal. Because it's 10,000 pages long. When he sits down and starts writing, it just, it has to take days. He gets into so much detail. And I had him on the show twice. You get this guy on the show and you're expecting all this intellect, right? And it's like, I go into this long ass question, you know, da 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 Donetsk and, and Yadanks and, and Ukraine over here, Russia over here. And, and, and what do you think? Do you think it's possible that they would invade? Yes. Um, okay, uh, so there's ships in the Baltic Sea, and they're going over here, and there are these Aslov-class things. Is it possible that there could be a naval confrontation, uh, or do you think that's just hype, or do you think it could happen? Yes, it could happen. It's like, come on, man. That's what he was doing to Tucker, man. Tucker, luckily, Tucker's been around the block a couple times because you got to have that, that backup plan in case that guy's there. Because it is, it's rough, man. It's like it, it, it is rough. But let me just tell you, I, I, from doing a little bit of just research on this subject in Kyle yeah. Rittenhouse, mm -hmm. uh, he's got some tough. He's got a tough road ahead. So uh, just going over real quick, it, there's seven prongs to winning a defamation lawsuit, and all seven things need to be proven. The statements was false, was defamatory, was an assertion of a fact, was published, was about the plaintiffs themselves, was published with fault, with disregard for the truth, and harm the plaintiff. That's going to be really, really hard to prove. And I know I what people so. are going to say. That's going to be... First of all, the, word, say, pub the go, word published is it was on the news. So all the publishes are covered. There's a very high standard of that, and well, wouldn't when it, it be if the, it was on the, if it was on the nightly news? That yeah, that be one wait, of wait, 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 wait. But when he I'm gets asking. to the term, when he gets to the term murderer, you yeah. can't have an expectation of someone knowing uh, what murder means and what an unlawful killing is. It's it, again, 
We're talking about okay, so something it, that is it, – it's not going to be an easy road. I'll put so it this way. This unfortunately, guy, in the United States of America, as we sit here in 2022, it's going to matter whether it's an Obama judge or a Trump judge. It is going to probably matter, and it's going to matter – That's a shame. Who yeah. has the money – to fight these, right? That's yeah. and that's why he's raising. Money. I hope he wins, man. I do. I, I, I mean, he's going to need a, he's going to need a lot of money, and he's going to be able have to prove all these things. It's going to be a tough road to hoe. But I think just taking to the, the him just taking them to the mat. Yeah, at least case, expose it. Right. I think is a, a good thing, even though he might not win. Expose it and make them put some skin hey, in the Sa- game. Sandman won. With a lot less, little, a, lot, a lot less little, of a uh, little uh, different case. There's a little different case legally there, but may, force these characters, force these people that do this to spend their money. And if that's the if that's the best thing come out of, I'd be happy about that. Including some I of these people. See, I want to see Whoopi Goldberg. She needs to lose some weight anyway, man. I mean, she needs. She got too much money. She's eating too many uh, tartars. But you know, I'm just being stupid. But I would love to see them feel some pain. And the other thing here, the thing that really bothers me, and you can't see this on the radio, uh, but the bottom line um, is they went against this guy because he's white. There's no question. All those people that you heard make those comments were black. Almost every one of them. And they were all snarling with the racist look in their eye. And I am so tired of these people trying to destroy a country in which they are equal. It, it, it just, when I listen, when I watch FBI informant rat Al Sharpton trying to speak in some kind of moral authority, it makes me want to throw up. It's unbelievable to me. He got people killed in New York City. Jewish people, if you remember that incident where they burned down the record store. I mean, this guy is toxic, and MSNBC pays him to be toxic. It's unbelievable. It really is. But I wish the guy luck. I mean, and you know more about the law than I do. I I, I just wish him luck. I mean, I, I'm like the the guy that's that's placing the bet on the NFL that doesn't know that the quarterback uh, is having problems with his girlfriend or something like the real book. He knows, <laughs> you know, so I, I just hope he hope it works out, but you know, we got another one, uh, another, another situation with our genius uh, law enforcement at the federal level. It starts out with the question, how many fed slash FBI informants were involved in this plot? Three young men from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, each pleaded guilty to one count of conspiring to provide material support to terrorists in a plot to attack the United States power grids to start a race war. The feds, boy, these feds, man. The feds announced on Wednesday, the Justice Department said that the three defendants plotted to attack regional power substations with rifles in an effort to spark a race war, follow the logic, I can't, and launched an online recruitment effort to assist with their plans. And this is where I kind of, it goes south because in the top, 
It said three young men from Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And now it's, according to court documents, Christopher Brenner Cook, 20, of Columbus, Ohio. Jonathan Allen Frost, 24, of West Lafayette, Indiana, and of Katy, Texas. And Jackson Matthew Sawall, 22, of Oshkosh, Wisconsin, each pleaded guilty to one count of conspiring to provide material support to terrorists. I guess they were all hanging out at Jackson's house. I don't know. The charge and plea agreements indicate that the defendants knew and intended that the material support they conspired to provide would be used to prepare for and carry out the federal offense of destroying energy facilities, the DOJ said in a press release. I still cannot figure out how that goes to racism and a race war. So I tried, and I can't figure it out. I have no idea. Uh, it's just something they want to inject in there to, 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 to make me click. Narrative. To make me click. Right. That could be a reason why. And Rico even like, comes right through it. That was on Gateway Pundit, I believe. Yeah, the clickbait uh, capital of the world. Uh, you know, it, these. It's a shame, what? too. They shouldn't do that. They have a great organization. That breaks more <laughs> stories than anywhere else. I mean, they do. They, the Hoff brothers should quit that clickbait stuff. They should. They'd be much but let's better go off. To, but let's go to the heart of the story, though. Uh, what is our? What are these invest? What are these agencies doing? Creating. They're creating. They're not investigating shit. They're creating things. It's all they've ever done. I mean, you look back, even against the mafia. It's what they do. They go. They don't go out there and sleuth. I mean, they might after they get somebody to rat like Al Sharpton. You know, then they'll follow that up. But, you know, they create more than they investigate. Remember Cleveland? Remember, remember Michigan? The governor uh, kidnapping plot in Cleveland? They were going to blow the bridge up? It's all bullshit. Every one of them. Every one of them. And they'll get convictions. I mean, they took Whitey Bulger and let him murder tens of people just so he could tell them about the Italian mafia. And he got what came to him, didn't he? But I don't know. It's just, uh, it's something. When, when you have an organization that continues to dig its own grave, the FBI is not going to be around long. Either that or we're not. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I don't know if you noticed. Well, I know you noticed because I sent it to you. Uh, but uh, our fine, uh, bustling metropolis uh, hit the big time. We hit the big leagues. Got on American Thinker uh, yesterday. Uh, a guy named Paul Bonato that I have no idea who he is, uh, wrote an article. <laughs> and, and this is embarrassing to me. I mean, I, city government in a worn-out small city like Pittsburgh is not what you would expect government to be. It's, uh, in other words, the people that populate our government are not top-notch people. They're not, man. They're, they're just not. Um, you got a city councilman I'm going to talk about that's a pure hood rat. I'm surprised that he can even speak English. Uh, you got a mayor like that, too, before... Uh, this article talks about a mayor that, that got driven in on victimhood. I mean, he was a part of the city council and um, 
our mayor died, and his son is actually the city councilman that we're going to talk about here, uh, who got his position solely because of his father, Bob O'Connor, a guy that I knew. And um, Burgess is just a hood rat. Peduto uh, got elected because of circumstances beyond his control when Bob O'Connor died and Luke Ravenstall was a, a complete idiot, should have never been in government, knew nothing about anything. Um, but you heard about our bridge collapsing. And if you think risking public safety for political gain is a bridge too far, even for a Democrat politician, you need to look no further than Pittsburgh City Democrat Councilman Ricky Burgess to dispel any notion of it. This guy should not be anywhere near government. It's been less than a month since the bridge collapsed. Uh, Joe Biden had a scheduled trip the same day. He had to be like, oh, my God, really? This happened. I'm coming there to talk about infrastructure and the bridge collapsed. Uh, but, you know, after he came in, a serious and stoic Biden proclaimed from the edge of the fallen bridge his bewilderment to learn, despite being a Pennsylvania boy, that Pittsburgh, but da 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 it goes on and on, right? Well, what happened was this guy, uh, this city councilman, now just to, to know, it may come as a great surprise to a lot of people to learn that over 100 other bridges in Pittsburgh's Allegheny, Allegheny County, I don't care about the rest of the county, Pittsburgh alone have poor condition ratings. And this guy wrote about it. And the money was there. The author states, I first wrote about this for American Thinker, and he lists some links. In addition, Monica Showalter also followed up with her own excellent reporting on the shocking evidence of how the funds earmarked for repairing Pittsburgh bridges. And this goes back, ladies and gentlemen, to what I was telling you about this communist New Green Deal shit. The money was diverted toward former Democrat Mayor Bill Peduto's, who was never married, pets projects like building citywide bike lanes. The bridge collapse resulted in a lot of blame shifting and political posturing by Pittsburgh Democratic-controlled council and mayor's office. There were calls for transparency and this, you know, seriousness of everything. And then city councilman Corey O'Connor, whose district, the Fern Hollow Bridge, fell within, and who Ward Miller knows personally, would urgently propose to make sense infrastructure bills to the city council. According to Julian Routh of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, O'Connor deemed a win for transparency, a bill requiring the city to provide regular public updates, update reports on the status of of city-owned infrastructure, and a second, one forming an advisory commission on how to improve and maintain the city's bridges and tunnels. All right, now, I'm not going to read the rest of this. I'm going to tell you what's in it, and you're going to have to trust me. This guy, Burgess, immediately objected to O'Connor's call for public update reports as being tantamount to legislative Malpractice, because Burgess warned it would open up the city to lawsuits. Think about that. Ladies and gentlemen, I would tell you if you live in Pittsburgh or you're traveling 
through Pittsburgh and a rock falls off of a bridge underpass or any other infrastructure damage is done to you, your equipment, or your family, sue Ricky Burgess and sue Mayor Ganey. Bankrupt this raggedy-ass city. Sal, I was driving over the West End Bridge today after reading this, and I'm looking at the wire rope and the infrastructure, the beams, and I don't know the, the technical name for them, but that son of a bitch is ready to fall into the river. <laughs> it's not funny. Well, that, that one actually People is will a die newer on that one. That, that, that one's actually a newer bridge. 1932. It was but built. I think it was actually re- refreshed at some point. But the, back to your point about uh, the hood rat. These are the same people, almost every single one of them, that preaches Green New Deal crap, but walk out of the city council and head into their four-wheel drive gas-guzzling yep. SUVs. True. They are the hypocrites of the highest level, They're especially this guy. I mean, this especially guy can't even guy. speak English. Go ahead. And I'm let's sorry. get – and th- that's okay. So they are hypocrites of the highest level. Anyhow, the author there is a uh, – Frank Bonato is a freelance writer – from Pittsburgh. He's actually from Bridgeville, I believe. Cool. And he actually has written for the Federalist. Um cool. often from a conservative Catholic. He's a good author. Christian I didn't I didn't read the whole thing because I was and pro-life perspective, just to give you a little background. So he's been doing freelance writing for about 20 years for the Federalist. Okay. Good. No, I, I and I mean he, he's spot on. And and we've talked about it on this show. You know, and and I know because I live in the South Hills. And we have a lot of railroad infrastructure. And we have a lot of infrastructure that you would probably call in a normal uh, environment, uh, maybe uh, some kind of a, a, a breaker or a, 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 a retaining wall, except they're 500 feet high. And the concrete's cracking and the steel's gone. And we're in for some problems in this region very soon in the next 10 years, one of these days, one of these bridges is going to collapse into one of these rivers. And if it happens in the wintertime, everybody's going to die and they need to hold these people and they should bring Bill Peduto back from whatever homosexual mafia hole he digs himself into. And they should make him pay because he got more federal money to fix this city and I'll bet you a dime to a donut, you might know the answer already. Does he even still live in Pittsburgh? Because I'm guessing not. Probably ad- by address only. Be I mean, I'll guess. bet he lives in Seattle or San Francisco or somewhere. You know, he was always going there visiting and coming back and saying, you know, we need to be more like Seattle here. You know, I remember him saying that. I remember being down in New Orleans when I was still semi-friendly with the guy and him directing me to bars in the French Quarter. You know, like he visits there a lot, I guess. He's probably dressed up like a freaking grasshopper or something when he's when he's down there. I can't stand that guy, man. He lied to me and he stole my stuff. And I'll tell you what, that guy, he's uh he's bad news. He really is. He he was terrible for the city. Terrible. I mean the the bike lanes alone. I'll never forget coming down Liberty Avenue south in Bloomfield. And I got a full-size vehicle, and there's bike lane. This is a two-lane, used to be almost like a four-lane. 
but not a four lane. It was a two lane with parking on both sides. But coming down, and then they made it a bike lane on both sides. And there was a section there where there was a tractor trailer coming the other way. And it was like either go into the bike lane or hit this tractor trailer. And I'm thinking in my head, at some point in time, some set of circumstances is going to develop. And there's going to be a head-on collision here because of this asshole's bike lanes. And if you ride a bike and you think you need a bike lane, fuck you. I spent my entire life using a bike, not my entire life, my entire childhood using bicycles from five speeds to 10 speeds as transportation before I was 20. And I never had a helmet and I never had a bike lane and I did fine. So the idea that these snowflakes need these bike lanes is ridiculous. They ought to outlaw them. I'll bet you somebody could get elected as the mayor by saying that too. They just don't do it. I'll, but I'll bet the somebody one, could. The one street in particular, they've made it blocked off. And, and, and to Hutch's point, they've blocked off almost in the middle of the city. You can't use that going to get out of the city. Uh, I, and I forget what street it is downtown. But there was Forgers. one. No, no, it's deeper. Penn Avenue's bad, too. Yeah, Penn, you go down Penn, yeah. Penn Avenue, and, and I'm looking at this. And Pittsburgh has some some big businesses. And they have a big footprint downtown. And there's one, and it's not only, I mean, this is where people used to park and get out of their cars and go to the business. But they put a bike lane there. But not only did they put a bike lane there, they did what New York did because because uh, Mayor Bloomberg was Bill Peduto's pimp, basically told the bitch what to do. They put physical barriers that you can't go into the bike lane. You can, but New York uses curb concrete. We use those plastic white poles. And they're, and they're showing up everywhere in the city. It's it's everywhere. (laughs) I know this guy, I know this guy that drives a fire truck. He's a fire in the fire department. He told me every time he goes by one of them bike bike lanes, he runs over every one of them white things. <laughs> he, <laughs> he said sooner or later they'll fall. Yeah, yeah, sooner or later they will. They're actually bolted into the street uh, with like a, it's a horrible, couple. Man. lag bolts. Yeah, it is, but they, they will come out. Uh, I think we got a couple more stories to get to, don't we? At least yeah, one we more. Do. Uh, we do. We got a couple. I mean, this, and this one's pretty big, man. And I Look, I'm not trying to scare anybody. If you have taken the mRNA injections. Just please monitor your health. You know what I mean? Stay on it. There's nothing in there that they can't beat so far. Uh, But don't be complacent. Pay attention. A board member of a large German health insurance company has come forward saying that the side effects... Why don't you cover this for me, Sal? Sure. If you, a, if you don't mind. As Hutch was saying, a board oh, hold on, there we go. A board member of a large German health insurance company comes forward. The side effects of the China virus vaccines are much higher than reported by official agencies. Go wonder, how about that? A lot of people are actually I'm not I'm gonna divert here a little bit. A lot of people are actually reluctant to report such events, even if they're minor. Agencies some even. people 
some people are very, yes, they're very scared to do so because it can affect money. BKK board member Andreas Schuffelbeck said in a report by Welt, according to our calculations, we consider 400,000 visits to the doctor by our policyholders because of vaccination complications to be realistic this day. Ugh, I can't say this word right now, but uh, if you take that out to the entire population, that number would be 3 million. There's actually more from Wealth, an analysis of millions of insured persons data from the BKK company with health insurance company comes to significantly higher figures for side effects than the Paul Ehrlich Institute. The new data is an alarm signal, says BKK board member Andreas Schoffelbeck. So, yes, to Hutch's point, you need to be aware of some things. Maybe you're not too sure of what they are. I'm not going to fault you for getting the vaccine. That's certainly your choice. And if you feel that that's something that you needed to do, hey, you did it. But you I'm have the to same understand. Way. I'm, I'm not trying to demonize anybody and I'm not trying no. to scare anybody, but this is real. No, you have to realize it's real. And as I said in the beginning, there are people here uh, in the United States that are actually afraid in two different fronts. Uh, one, they're afraid to report complications. I've seen, I don't know about you, Hutch, but I've seen people in their early 50s strokes and heart attacks yeah uh, and brain I mean, not to mention the I, I, the perfectly um physical specimens of athletes that are dropping i mean especially when the uh activity is extreme cardiovascular like soccer you know there these blood clots and you've got uh pfizer putting out these reports of blood clots and trying to pretend like it has nothing to do with the vaccination, like they just showed up in 2022. And you've got our own CDC masking data and saying in the statement that the reason they're doing it is because of vaccine hesitancy. <laughs> uh, and, unreal, man. and, you know, what the CDC is also doing is withholding data on booster effectiveness and those people younger than 65. So that would tell you that, uh, gosh, they could be really hiding information that could lead us to believe. And what they're saying is that the CDC left out numbers from 18 to 49-year-olds who supposedly materially benefited from getting the booster shots after being fully vaccinated. Uh, so you've got to be weary of those here in our country uh, we don't really know what the true data is. We, we probably won't know what the true data is, and they're going to do their best to hide the true data from from us to force the vaccine and make sure you to make you believe that it is something that it isn't. You have to trust your own intuition. If it's something for you that you believe in doing, do it. If you don't, you shouldn't. Right. Uh, and and you know, really, when you look at this, Ward brought something to the show a couple weeks ago uh, that's absolutely huge. Uh, and it was the results of the Nuremberg trials in the 40s. The Nuremberg Code was produced in 1947 concerning, because of Dr. Mengele in, the, in Nazi Germany, uh, concerning permissible medical experiments. And when you look at the text of that, 
This is what Fauci and the United States government, they did these things. I mean, number one in the Nuremberg Code, which was this was after World War II, after we won, and people were, were clamoring for this never can happen again, these Nazi pigs. Number one, the voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. Well, if you just went in and got a vaccine, that's one thing. That's you. But if you were forced to go in to maintain your livelihood, that's not you. And it goes on to say, this is the actual text. This means that the person involved should have legal capacity to give consent. So that means uh, nursing home people that are excluded. Should be so situated as to be able to exercise free power of choice without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion, and should have sufficient knowledge and comprehension of the elements of the subject matter involved as to enable him to make an understanding and enlightened decision. The experiment should be so conducted as to avoid all unnecessary physical and mental suffering and injury. The degree of risk to be taken should never exceed that determined by the humanitarian importance of the problem to be solved by the experiment. And I'll just add my words uh, to protect you against the virus that won't kill you. Uh, But let's just, I'll just be the contrarian here and uh, do a little bit of, did a little bit of quick research here. Uh, uh, We have an FDA, right? A Food and Drug Administration that is aligned with Big Pharma. Yes, we do. And they approved that vaccine, right? No, they did not approve all the vaccines yet. Well, they approved it for use. They approved for emergency, the one, they for approved emergency use. Emergency use, yes. yes so here's the here's so the, here's that, the that is, And that makes it effectively experimental, which is this, that's what this covers, medical right. experiments. And, and, right, and unfortunately, uh, it doesn't apply to public health measures like this. So we're almost there, but see, unfortunately, I don't, see, I don't see that written anywhere. It, it, it's out there. Um, I'll do a little bit more digging, but unfortunately, we only got three apply. minutes left, man. <laughs> it doesn't apply. I, I'm I'm looking at something right now, but I haven't verified it yet. So that's why I'm just saying I'll I'll follow up on this. Um, but um, my point is is that unfortunately we have agencies, like many other agencies, that. Uh, Try to subvert things they, they need and to make be them legit. Make it need, legitimate. Yeah, they all need to be burned down. Every agency in the federal government, and I'm telling you this from being in the federal government, every agency's number one, and I mean this, ladies and gentlemen. Anybody, and it's probably the same at the state and local level too. But I didn't work there. I worked in the federal level. Every agency's number one mission is survival of the agency. That's the number one mission. If you mess with the survival of that agency, they'll kill you. And when I say that, they might fire you. They might whatever. They might smear you. But the Department of the Army's mission is to protect the Army. Not even protect the Army. I I take that back. To protect the Department of the Army. The FBI's mission is to protect the FBI. The Democrat Party's mission is to protect the Democrat Party. Just like you heard that Canadian Nazi woman say... Oh, we have to protect our ability for us to do the work we do in this legislature for our constituents. Yeah, okay. Well, that that, that ship is getting ready to sail. Uh, Sal, 
We're about out of time, man. Uh, it's your already, turn. Already, 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 we're out of time. Wow. We Holy. are. I mean, it went quick. That's why I knew it was going to go that way. And we got almost everything done. Well, let me just we paraphrase almost- this real quick. Governor go ahead, go Abbott ahead. of Texas has charged the attorney general with investigating uh, a number of so-called sex change procedures uh, constituting child abuse under existing Texas law because the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services is responsible for protecting children from abuse. I hereby direct your agency to conduct a prompt and thorough investigation of any reported instances of these abusive procedures in the state of Texas. God bless you, sir, and you know I don't love you. But doing things like that will make me love you more because our children are being horrifically abused in the last couple years, Sal. They really have been, and it's uh, it's hard to watch. Well, that's going to be uh, immigration, our children in schools. Those are two big issues. The candidates de- definitely running for Congress and Senate should be questioned on those issues, along with someone like Dave McCormick, who wants to deny his connections with China. Yes, sir. I want him to come clean with that. If he comes clean with that, uh, he might tread a little bit better. Uh, with him not answering that, I, I think he's done for. I think he's toast. Uh, and and he can waste his money on TV as much as he wants to. But if he isn't going to answer that question, uh, he, no one's going to vote for him. Well, we won't, that's for sure, here right. anyone at Cold War Radio. All right. Well, hey, here we go. We didn't get any calls tonight, but I'm sure you can call Jack and Hutch on Friday at 412-206-6208. You can send us or actually call us and send, give us a voicemail. We haven't heard a voicemail in a while, have we, Hutch? No, um, I don't think we have. Not since uh, uh, my man called in from Reno. That was the last one. Uh, but Tom. hey, Tom, want to give us a call again or anyone else? 412 567 one four six zero. It's your chance to be a star at Absolutely. Cold War Radio. Absolutely, keep it clean. <laughs> Go to SteelCityResistance dot com. Become a Cold War Radio patron. That would be great. You can join us all across any podcast medium, especially iHeartRadio. Kudos to iHeartRadio. They do a lot for us here at Cold War Radio. Thank you. Want to give them a shout out? Send us an email: scrtv at live dot com. Almost last but not least. You can write us, Cold War Radio, P.O. Box 1043-370, Castle Shannon Boulevard, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 15234. And where can you catch me here next next Wednesday at 8 o'clock? Take care. God bless. There you go. Thank you, Sal. Uh, appreciate it as usual. You can also uh, sign up for True Social. I'm Hutch Bailey Jr. on there and on Getter uh, and Gab and all those places. Uh, drop Twitter. Uh, we're getting ready to drop Facebook. The Wayne Dupree Show, I'm on there Monday to Thursday at noon. Uh, we're on Friday nights at censored.tv uh, at 8 p.m., but you can watch the podcast because uh, you know you're going to be here uh, for 8 p.m., but we'll, we'll see what goes on. Uh, but anyway, I want to thank everybody for letting us into your life for an hour. We love doing it. We certainly do. Uh, and we will be back again on Friday. I'll be back tomorrow on the Wayne Dupree Show, but we'll be back here on Friday with Jack Rocky. Let's get out of here, man.
Cold War Radio Eagle 1 cleared for takeoff. Cold War Radio Eagle 1, Baltimore bound man. Destination We Are America Radio Studio, Rocky Out. Godzilla, coming around you to light the bad guys up with a maverick. Roger, over.
Thank you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed by thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespasses against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.